Recorded live. Everything 
sustainer. Every good and perfect gift has come from him, and we are very, very thankful to have another opportunity to worship him in the beauty of his holiness. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we are working on our most recent topic entitled, Because God Has Shown Me Something Different. I'm doing something different. Because God has shown me something different. I'm doing something different. Understand, children of God, that that is, that is essence. That's the essence of progress. You had individuals before the light bulb was invented, lighting candles all everywhere, here, there, everywhere you go, torch, candle. Somebody had to do something like that. Somebody's look, you know, there's got to be a better way of getting light. There's got to be an easier, more efficient way of getting light. They received a revelation from the supernatural realm, the spiritual realm, followed some instructions, tested made some mistakes, tested some things, and eventually got us light. Somebody did the same thing with the invention of uh, uh, whatever it is that it is that has existed. Somebody had to see something different, put some things into practice, try some different things, experiment with some different things, and got some very, very different results. Because God has shown me something different. Now, if you want to keep right on lighting torches and lighting candles, you know, that's your option. But, you know, most everybody else has moved into, you know, fluorescent lights and light bulbs and different things. I mean, you can, you can stay back there if you want to, or you, can, or you can progress. You know, there's nothing wrong with progress. Maturity in Christianity is progress. That's what maturity is. It's progress. It's God taking you up to a to a higher level, to a to a, a more complete level, bringing you closer to perfection. You know, seven out of ten free throws in a game—that's not bad. That's not bad shooting. But if next season you start hitting eight out of ten, you're doing better. That's progress. And you start doing nine out of ten, you 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 really you 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 coming right along. You coming right along. We looked at capital A in our outline. In fact, we are still there, purposefully staying away from. Now, understand that in progress, whether it be in your Christian life, in your walk with God, in your, you know, in your maturity, there's some people, some places, and some things that you and I are going to have to purposefully stay away from. See, you can't keep doing what you've been doing if you want to progress. You can't keep thinking like you've been thinking. If you you got to try something, you got to be willing to try something different, try something new overcome some fears, overcome some anxieties in order to gain some new experiences. Talking about you got called to a worldwide ministry, you scared to get on a plane, or you scared to go places, scared to do how you gonna how you gonna do? You cannot do all of what God wants you to do unless you effectively learn how to deal with the spirit of fear. It's not even possible. Because God is gonna tell you some stuff that's gonna be real, real scary to you. God's going to send you some places that's going to be real, real scary to you. Quit being afraid of fear. That's one thing. Some folk is afraid of fear. 
purposefully staying away. Now, we looked at uh, John chapter 7, verse 1 yesterday, and it brings us on down to 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 4. We're still talking about purposefully staying away from understanding that, you know, in order to do and to accomplish what God wants us to do and accomplish, there are some people, some places, some things we've got to purposefully stay away from. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 4. Scripture says, while Jezebel was killing off the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had taken a hundred prophets and hidden them in two caves, 50 in each, had supplied them with food and water. Capital A, purposefully staying away from. In this particular context, is Jezebel. And right today, staying away from Jezebel will do you a whole lot of good. You say, our Apostle Jezebel died years ago. Yeah, but her spirit didn't. And it's running real, real rampant and running real, real strong in this generation. Now, it's wise to stay away from Ahab, too. That's, since we're talking, let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we bless your name today for being who you are and doing what you do. We thank you for so many of your wonderful works, Father. We thank you for provisions and protection. We thank you for your grace, your mercy. So much, Father, so many things. We pause reverently to get up, give you glory, give you honor, give you praise. This is the day that you have made. We are rejoicing. We are glad in it. You've allowed us to walk one more time, to talk one more time, to see, to smell one more time, to hear, to taste. One more time, we give you glory. Because, Father, we know that one day we, we're not going to be able to do these things. It's going to be a day, at some point, we're going to wake up and we can't walk no more. The day we're going to wake up, we can't see no more, at least in this life. But, Father, you saw fit for us to have these privileges, these blessings, these benefits one more time.
All right, Saints, we had some technical difficulties, but we trust that all is working well now in the name of the Lord. So when First Kings chapter 18, we're focusing in on verse 4. Now, First Kings chapter 18, verses 1 through 15, uh, basically are the events that lead up to Elijah's confrontation on Mount Carmel. Um, at this particular time, the nation of Israel was strongly influenced by the wickedness and the evil of Jezebel and Ahab. There were a number of prophets true prophets in the land at the time of Elijah, but Elijah was kind of like the only one that was really bold enough to just be out there like that. You know, we as we read in our text, we'll see that Obadiah, who was basically Ahab's administrator, you know, but he was a devout believer in the Lord, and so even though he was working for an evil administration, in his personal life, he was a firm believer in uh, God, and in the, 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 and he tried to do uh, the things of God. He had hidden 100 of the Lord's prophets in two caves, 50 in each. These prophets were basically in hiding because Jezebel was killing off the Lord's prophets. She's still doing the same thing. Oh, that spirit is still doing the same thing. That spirit is still into uh, killing the Lord's prophets, whether it be physically or whether it be uh, spiritually. Understand that the spirit of Jezebel is a spirit of rebellion. Now, when we talk about the spirit of Jezebel, oftentimes we immediately think about a woman. Not necessarily a woman. It's a spirit. And remember, spirits can inhabit what? Anybody, anybody, just about anything. All right? So when we talk about the spirit of Jezebel or the spirit of, of Ahab, we, we're talking about basically a spirit. Now, Jezebel defined um, from a spiritual perspective is a spirit that's a usurper. Just keep that in mind. It's a usurper. Now, what usurp means, it means that you're trying to take authority that has not been what? Given to you. All right? So, so Jezebels are usurpers. Well, that could be a, a, a deacon in the church. It can be a, one of the mothers. It can be uh, one of the choir members. It could be the choir director. You're trying to take an authority or take a place it could be. It could be. It could be a, a, a pastor. It's anybody that's trying to 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 put themselves in a position and take authority that has not been given to them. All right. So we understand the spirit of what Jezebel. Now you now in order to understand the spirit of Jezebel, because where you have Jezebel prospering and thriving, you must have Ahab. That's why Jezebels don't marry Elijah. Jezebel-spirited women are not going to marry Elijah-spirited men normally because Elijah-spirited men, these are men who are trying to turn the hearts of the people 
back to the Father. They're in other words, they're trying to get people back in their place. Jezebel is working just as hard as she can to get people what? Out of place. How do you spot Jezebel? She ain't trying to do nothing like God said. And she's going to have, or that spirit is going to have a reason why not to do it like God said. Korah, Dathan, Abiram, on, and certain Israelite leaders, they were under the spirit of Jezebel. Hundreds of years before the, the, the actual lady, we, we, we give the spirit, we, call, we give the name to Jezebel, we could have gave it to Korah. We could have gave it to Eve or the woman in the garden. We could have gave it to the serpent. We could give that, we could give that spirit of rebellion and that spirit of, of just being out of place to, to a whole lot of people in the scripture. We just have given it to Jezebel. Well, all right, because it's convenient. A lot, of, a lot of you all understand it, but you need to understand what that spirit is all about. It's not because a woman is dressed up and looking sexy and trying to seduce men. That's just one aspect. Jezebel is much like an octopus. The spirit of Jezebel is much like an octopus. Octopus don't just come at you with one tentacle. He come at you, what? With a whole lot of a whole lot of different angles. And so it is with the spirit of Jezebel. And you know, we'd have to to really get down. We're not gonna get down too deep into that spirit and what that spirit but ultimately what it's trying to do is get you away from what God says. Now, Ahab, spirit of Ahab. Now again, this spirit has influenced a whole lot of people in the Bible, it's influencing a whole lot of folks today. Ahab's spirit is basically the spirit of an individual that has been given a position of authority but refuses to operate in it properly. So if, if Jezebel is trying to take a position she hasn't been given, Ahab, which is the flip side of the same coin, is not trying to operate in a position that he what? has been given. And this is why Jezebel and Ahabs they 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 fit so well as a couple. Because what you got is a woman that ain't trying to be what the scriptures say a woman is supposed to be. She's doing a different thing and she's gonna hook herself up with a man that ain't trying to do what the scriptures say a man gonna do. So and then we end up with the script flipped. That's how you end up with stuff like husbands running around calling wives boss lady. Where that come from? What kind of foolishness is that? When exactly did God make your wife your boss? So we end up with a script flip. And that's, in essence, what the adversary, you know, has been trying to do and working to do for generations. Flip script. Get everybody out of place. God be hollering like a director on a movie set. Places what? Everyone. You know how the director used to holler. Places everyone. We're getting ready to film. We're getting ready to make this. We're getting ready to do this thing. Everybody get in place. God is hollering in, out in creation, places everywhere. Pastors get where pastors are supposed to be. Apostles get where apostles are supposed to be. Husbands get where husbands are supposed to be. Wives get where wives. The adversary, using spirits of Jezebel, spirits of Ahab, is hollering everybody out of place. Get out of place. Get out of place. And so here... Jezebel is killing off the Lord's prophets. There hasn't been rain for a very, very long time. The nation is in shambles. Because of the wickedness of basically Jezebel, 
and Ahab, the nation is in, in, in shambles. But they are so deceived by the adversary that not only did they lead the nation into shambles, but they want to blame the problems of the nation on Elijah. In fact, Ahab calls Elijah at one point, O troubler of Israel. In other words, he's the one that's causing the trouble. And see, what you need to understand, children of God, because God is going to bring judgment. He's going to bring judgment to this generation. He's going to bring judgment into this country. And what you all need to understand out there, children of God, is that because of sin and what the, you know, the sin in the land, that's always been the problem. That's always what caused God to go off. But what you've got to understand is because the world don't know God, so when God start going off or God start allowing the judgment for sin to come into the land, you know, the people who are really hate God, but they can't hit God, they can't slap God, they can't throw God into prison, what they'll do is they'll attack you and me as children of God. That's why as a parent, you got no business sending your children to somebody that really don't like you. Because a lot of times what they'll do is to get back at you, they'll, they'll do something harmful to your children to try to get back at you. So as God punishes the world more, watch and see that the world will try to punish us more. The world can't get to God. They can't do nothing to God. They can't do nothing to God. But they can see us. They can slap us. They can beat us. They can hang us on crosses. They can boil us in oil. They can throw us to the lions. They can put us out of the synagogue. And that's what the scripture says. These are the kinds of things, you know, as the world is chastised more and more for their sin, you and I need to be uh, mindful that the world is going to want to, to do more against us. Now, what God is flashing in my spirit now is you think about a husband or a father, has a bad day at the office, come on, argue the wife, come on, beat the children, come on, kick the dog. Well, what's the problem? All of that, that that was in him that he wanted to do to the boss, but he, he didn't want to do that to get himself fired. So he come in and he take it out on those that he feel like he can get away with it with. Well, that's in essence what the world does to us. As things, as God chastises the world and punishes the world, oh, well, they can't get to God. Ain't nothing they can do. What are they gonna do? God, like, what are you gonna do? But they looking around. Who can we world like? Who can we get? Who can we get? Who can we get? you find this kind of thing went on in this country many times. You mess around uh, World War II, Japanese bomb Pearl Harbor. All kind of atrocities were done to Japanese Americans in this country. Put them in detention camps, all kind of stuff. The Japanese in the United States didn't bomb Pearl Harbor. It was the Japanese that was, you know, coming from wherever they was coming. But the ones here end up having to suffer. A lot of this, and, and, and God is revealing this to me now, you know, you can't hide nothing from God's prophet because God's going to show it. A lot of this killing of unarmed blacks is really a manifestation of much of the hatred that many of our white brothers and sisters feel about having a black president. Yeah. It's just a manifestation. Can't, you can't really get to the president like you want to. But you can get other little black faces, other, another killing, domestic dispute. Officers bust in, unarmed black man and his wife 
officers bust in, shot him 19 times right outside of uh, Baltimore just recently. Jezebel couldn't get to the Lord. She said, but what I will do, I get these prophets of yours. I get these prophets purposefully staying away from. So, you know, uh, Elijah, as well as these other hundred prophets who have discerned Jezebel's what? Spirit are saying, look, we need to stay away from this chick. Now, you know, you had a whole bunch of false prophets, about 850 of them, that was up around her, up under her, just about every chance. They ate at her table. Now, this chick had to be rolling pretty good to be 850 hungry false prophets. I couldn't feed 850 people today unless the Lord worked a miracle. But Jezebel was doing pretty good to be able to feed these many false prophets on a regular basis. They dined and ate at her table. But the true prophecy, so false prophecy, understand this and keep this in mind. False prophets will run to Jezebel. True prophets will run away from her. False prophets run to her because she, in essence, is a false prophet. You say, Apostle, where are you going to get that from? Well, after Jeremiah, I mean, not Jeremiah, after um, Elijah. <laughs> Uh, after Elijah had killed off her 850 false prophets and the word got back to Je uh, Jezebel about what he had done, Jezebel said, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if, by, if I don't, by this time tomorrow, I don't make your life like one of theirs. In other words, by tomorrow, you're going to be dead too. Well, that didn't come to pass. It didn't come to pass. Jezebel was a false prophet. False prophetess. And false prophets and false prophetesses, they, they gravitate toward one another. They're on the same team. One of the saints is hollering birds of a feather. They do a lot of flocking together. So here we are. You know, this is the background. The Bible says that in verse 1, after a long time in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah, go and present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the land. Now, this is, now, we read it, and it rolls off our tongue real, real easy. But this right here, Ahab and Jezebel, have been looking for Elijah. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to hurt him because they felt like this three-and-a-half-year drought was his fault. Now, we were talking a little bit earlier about how you can't do what God wants you to do until you learn how to deal with and get over a spirit of fear. You got to learn how to make yourself conquer fear. The thing you find your, oftentimes that you find yourself afraid of, that's the thing you got to oftentimes attack. You out there, you afraid of water? Go take a swimming course. You out there afraid of old? Go jump right on that. 
Let's jump right on that. Let's try that. You know, we're not saying, you know, everything, but there's some things that each one of us are afraid of that God be saying, look, you need to do that. You need to break that spirit of fear. You out there scared to get in front of people? Go take a public speaking course. Some of you jokers out there, you scared to get in a fight? One best, I ain't saying do that, but it might be one of the best things for you. Get in a fight. So you, when, you, when you done done it, you ain't so scared of it. It's the stuff a lot of times that we ain't done, that that spirit of fear has gripped us every single time it comes time to do that, and then that's why we don't do it. We keep being afraid of it, keep running from it, keep being, keep being, and I have said he can intimidate us with that. Go and present yourself to Ahab. Now look at what God is telling Elijah to do. You sending me right to some folk that's trying to, somebody that's trying to kill me? Yeah. Tell him I'm going to send rain and look at Elijah. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. Now, this is amazing here because Elijah was bold enough to go to Ahab, but he was afraid of Jezebel. And he took off and ran for his life. You'll find that a little bit later on in our in our text. They both hated him. They both wanted him dead. They both saw him as a nuisance, as a trouble. But he was bold. He, he went and presented himself to Ahab. But he took off running from Jezebel. And I want to encourage somebody on the side of my voice. The same God that protects you in the presence of Ahab will protect you in the presence of Jezebel. The Bible says now the famine was severe in Samaria. And Ahab had summoned Obadiah, who was in charge of his palace. Look at what the Bible says. Obadiah was a devout believer in the Lord. So look, it almost looks like we have a contradiction. He's working for one of the most evil kings that ever lived. But yet he was a devout believer in the Lord. Some of you all out there under the sound of my voice saying, Apostle, is that possible? Yes, it is. Just because you work for somebody that's evil, that doesn't mean that you're evil. Just because you're working in an evil corporation, well, you be, that bright, you be the bright light in there. Just because you're working in an evil system, that don't make, you, be the, you, be the, you be the voice of reason in that madness. You be the light. Because understand that, you know, pastor's not going to be at every corporation. He's not going to be at every job. Some of you all under the sound of my voice as children of God, God has handpicked you to work in some of the most evil of organizations. I think about one of the, one of the uh, brothers that, 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 you know, I don't want to give any names because of certain things. But he and I used to talk about a particular organization that he was working in. He knew it was uh, satanic and demonic and evil, and God placed him right there. See, when you think about Christianity as a war and stop thinking about Christianity as uh, uh, just something you're doing, you think about it as a war, you, then you begin to understand in a war, sometimes you've got to take, you know, sometimes you've got to take special forces. 
and send them into countries. How they captured Osama bin Laden? They took special forces. They went into a sovereign nation. They went into a nation without asking anybody's permission, without you know getting approval from government. They, the U.S. government, sent special forces into a very hostile, very dangerous place to get it. Well, you know, when you're at war or when you're having to deal with with certain, you got to do those kind of things. Christianity is a war. So what God gonna do? God said, "Look, you know, you all are soldiers too. You do understand that." And soldiers have to, at times, be willing to go into some funky places. Somebody had to go get Hitler out of that bunker. Somebody had to go get Saddam Hussein out of that hole. Somebody. Somebody. Somebody had to storm the beach on D-Day. Somebody had to get off the, somebody had to get off the, the, uh, the boat first. Somebody had to get shot first. Now, you ask yourself this, child of God, in the natural, would you want us as a country to be sending our worst, so, worst soldiers and putting them on the front line, or do we want some of our best? You want the best to lead the attack. Well, so it is in Christianity. This is why God has set first in the church apostles, and it's why apostles oftentimes get treated like dirt. These, got, these are individuals that God has normally, normally he has done some very supernatural conversion of these characters where they convince where everybody else might be, ah, lolly, lolly. Apostles be like, no, nah, we got to do it. We got to do it. We got to do it. Uh, they, apostles going to seem like they got OCD to you. But see, you, you'd rather just get somewhere and sit down and rest. You don't think it takes all of that. Apostles know it takes more than that. They know it takes more than that. All right, you'd be like, man, what's all the fuss about? Why can't we just... Everybody just chill. Apostle be saying, ain't no chill. So, so you know, that's why everybody can't, get to, can't be a Navy SEAL. You know, the majority of jokers that trial for Navy SEAL, they get cut. The majority, the overwhelming majority. Everybody can't be a recon ranger. In the, in the, in, you know, everybody can't be in these special forces. Everybody can't be, a, no, everybody can't be a Green Beret. Jokers be dropping out like flies. Why? Because these are some of the best of the best of the best. And if you're going to be the best of the best of the best in anything, you're going to have to sacrifice more. That's why so many people love being average, because you don't take much sacrifice. Oh, man, you lay around and be average. Wise man told me as a young man, he said, son, anybody can be sorry. Anybody. But it takes somebody to be somebody. You've got to, in order to be great, I don't care if you're a great saxophone player, great, a great shoemaker. If you're going to be great, you're going to have to put in serious, serious time, energy, and effort in anything. So Elijah went, presented himself to Ahab. Now the Bible says the famine was severe in Samaria. So here is Obadiah, devout believer. But his job is at a very, very evil place. His job is at a place where very, very evil people. So don't you out there understand my voice, child of God, think that you got to quit your job because they so evil there. Uh-uh. You bring, some, you bring some goodness there. You bring some righteousness there. You steal the light. You steal the light. And you still right, child of God. Uh, 
Light ain't light ain't got to do nothing other than be a light. Light ain't got to talk to be a light. Light ain't got to open up a Bible to be a light. Light ain't got to stand up on a soapbox and preach to be a light. Look at these lights. What are they doing? Just shining. Just shining. I encourage you, child of God, on that evil job. Just shine. You ain't got to be in the break room gossiping. You ain't got to be talking evil about the boss and running. Just shine. Look at them. Look at that light. What are they doing? Ain't said nothing. I've been in here in here almost 20 years. These lights ain't never said nothing to me. But they shine. They get their job done. Jezebel was killing off the Lord's prophets. Obadiah had taken 100 prophets, hitting them in two caves, 50 in each, and had supplied them with food and water. Ahab said to Obadiah, go through the land to all the springs and valleys. Maybe we can find some grass to keep the horses and mules alive so that we will not have to kill any of our animals. So they divided the land. They were to cover. Ahab went in one direction, Obadiah in another. As Obadiah was walking along, Elijah met him. Obadiah recognized him, bowed down to the ground and says, is it really you, my Lord Elijah? Yes, he replied. Go tell your master, Elijah is here. <laughs> you see, Obadiah said, what have I done wrong? That you are handing your servant over to Ahab to be put to death. As surely as the Lord your God lives, there's not a nation or kingdom where my master has not sent someone to look for you. Now, now, keep this in mind. What you looking for the man of God for? You have to understand my voice. You need to understand that God is going to hold you accountable for what you looking for the man of God for. Ahab was looking for, for Elijah. Jezebel, you know, a lot of people were looking for Elijah. But what they were looking for them for, see, what are you looking for your pastor for? What are you looking for apostle for? What are you looking for the bishop for? What for? Are you looking for us to be a support, to be a blessing, to try and help the work of God, and help, or are you looking for us to kill us, looking for us to, to find fault, looking for us to, that you might bring it? What are you looking for the man of God for or the woman of God? Obadiah said, hey, I've been looking for you everywhere, man. He done sent people all kind of places looking for you. But what was he? See, the reason why the man of God hadn't showed up to Elijah, because you were looking for me for the wrong reason. Hadn't showed up to Ahab was because you're looking for me for the wrong reason. I'm hearing Elijah in the spirit. That's why I ain't been. That's why he ain't found me. Send someone to look for you. And whenever a nation or a kingdom claimed you were not there, he made them swear they could not find you. But now you tell me to go to my master and say Elijah's here? I don't know where the spirit of the Lord may carry you when I leave you. If I go tell Ahab and he doesn't find you, I tell you what I'm going to get. He will kill me. Yet I, your servant, have worshipped the Lord 
since my youth. Haven't you heard, my Lord, what I did while Jezebel was killing the prophets of the Lord? I hid a hundred of the Lord's prophets in two caves, 50 in each, supplied them with food and water. Now, let's get this down. Because the Lord is dealing with me, and Lord said, Robert, you're going a little fast there because I had some things I wanted to say to my people. You either supplying the man of God or you trying to kill the man of God. What? You either supplying who? The man of God or you trying to kill the man of God. Obadiah was supplying the man of God with food. And water. You all do realize that we have to eat around here at the Christian Center. I hope I hope you all realize that. I, I hope you all don't thinking that Jesus is coming down from heaven and taking a little fish and a piece of bread and, and feeding all us here. You do realize that we got a light bill, electricity to be able to pay here at the Christian Center too. You either supplying the man, you either helping supply the man of God, or you trying to help kill the man of God. Now, thank God for that kind of simplicity. Thank God for that kind of clarity. So we, I don't have to be wondering out there which one you is. If you ain't trying to supply me, you're trying to kill me. You're trying to kill me. Obadiah said, look, let me make it clear which side of the fence I'm on. Because I got, I'm hearing that with Obadiah. I got a feeling things are getting ready to be funky. And, and I want to make it clear which side of the fence that I'm on. You out there on the sound of my voice, I pray that before God take you away from here or let you go away from here, you make it clear which side of the fence you on. Are you supplying the man of God? Are you supplying the work of God? Or are you trying to kill it? Jezebel and Ahab died horrible deaths. Both of them. Trying to kill the man of God. Trying to kill the work of God. Obadiah said, now you tell me to go to my master and say, Elijah's here. He will kill me. Elijah said, as surely, Elijah said, as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, I will surely present myself to Ahab today. God said, as some of the people that he's got you purposely staying away from today, he's going to send you to tomorrow. Just because he, God has got you purposely staying away, even we went over the, uh, yesterday, how did Jesus even though he was purposely staying away from Judea, he ended up going. Even though Elijah was purposely staying away from Ahab, God sent him right there. Now, he didn't send him there to fellowship with uh, Ahab. He sent him there with a specific kingdom task. And you need to understand that when God got you purposely staying away from folk, when he do send you, it ain't for fellowship normally. It's for a specific, what? Kingdom task. Still filled up with envy, still filled up with all kind of sin. So, so, you know, that was God wanted to you because see, understand this. What we should want most, whether it's our enemies, whether it's folk that don't like us, whether it's folk that hate us trying to kill, what we should want most, children of God, is for them to be saved. That that if you got if there's any group 
of people that you really don't want to be saved, child of God, then you need to check yourself. One of the saints said, that ain't, that's not God. Ultimately, what I want is you say, even if you're my worst enemy, even if you hate me, I still, I still love you. There's nobody that God starts hating just because they hate him. God still wants all men to be saved. And that should be our desire as well. Because there, there's nothing you can do to me where I feel like I want you to go to hell. Because I understand I got a revelation as to what hell really is. It's the most terrible place. And it's forever. And I don't want that for my worst enemy. So even with Elijah being sent to a, a wicked, adulterous king who hated him, God still wanted to try to show King Ahab something with the hope that maybe he would, he would change his ways. Purposefully staying away. Purpose. So you've got to hear God now before you just go running out. Because if Elijah had just went running out to Ahab, you know, just on his own, or just like, it might have been, he might have got himself killed. But because he went at God's divine directive, so it is with you and I, with folk that we know God has, has, God has purposefully kept us away from, we need to go at God's divine directive. Then, then things can come together very well. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank you. We give you glory, honor, and praise once again for your revelation and your insight. We pray, Father, that you open the minds, open our minds as hearers of your word, that we may receive and bring forth a harvest, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what has been sown, that we may apply these words of yours in our lives and our walks. Help us to understand those that we must purposely stay away from, Help us to understand and to obey when, when we have been divinely sent to these individuals, that your good, pleasing, and perfect will may be done in the lives of your people everywhere. This is our prayer. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's get to five questions. Um, we want to get down, uh, uh, you know, how long the famine had been in Samaria. We want to get down... Um, what is the symbolism of Obadiah working for Ahab while being a devout believer? Just put symbolism of, of that. Um, we want to get down here. Um, the symbolism of Elijah staying away from Ahab. But then uh, going and showing himself to Ahab. We want to get down the two things that you are either, whether knowingly or unknowingly, try to do to the Lord's prophet. Two things. One of two things that you are either knowingly or unknowingly doing to the Lord's prophet. How many is that? Four and number five. Um, 
uh, give reasons why Elijah was bold enough to go to Ahab, but afraid to go to Jezebel. Give reasons. You know, we're just I'm just interested to hear what the Spirit of God has is placing in, in some of the hearts. Everybody got that? All right. Saints, the Lord bless you all in heaven. Smile on you. Saints, you can reach us through email at the Church at gmail.com. Check out our website at www.archurch.com backslash member backslash to backslash TCCC. Feel free to join us on TalkShoes, Precast, YouTube, and iTunes, and on 6 p.m. daily. On TalkShoes, call 724-444-7444. Enter ID 17959. On Precast, type in Robert Bryant on YouTube and the Christian Center Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryant on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our TalkShoes homepage. God bless you. Heaven smile you. In Jesus' name, amen.